The last few days we've been learning the beginning of Kohelet. The Midrash says the following. A very important Midrash. The Midrash says, Hazita ish mahir bimlachto. It's a pasuk in Mishle. Says if you see a man who is mahir, Mahir means he's quick in his work. He will be somebody that will stand in front of kings. And the Pasuk ends Bal and he will not stand in front of dark people. One more time. Hazita ish mahir bimlachto. If you see a man who is quick, he's fast in his work. Lifne melachim yitzav. He will stand before kings. And bal yitzav lifne hashukim. And he will not stand in front of hashuk lashon hoshet darkness. Says the Midrash, what is this Pasuk referring to? Whom is it referring to? Says the Midrash, Ze Shelomo ben David. This Midrash is referring to Shlomo Amelech. How so? Shehaya Zariz Bebinyan Beta Migdash. He was very zealous in the building of the Beta Migdash. How do we see he was zealous? Because the Pasuk says, He built the Bet HaMikdash. It took him seven years. But later on, the Pasuk says, That when it came to his own house, It took him 13 years. To complete his palace. Says the Midrash. Is it possible. That his palace. His home. Was larger. And more beautiful. Than the Beta Migdash. For sure not. He's not going to build his house nicer than the Beta Migdash. So how come. The Beta Migdash took him seven years. And his house took 13 years. The Beta Migdash was larger and the Beta Migdash was nicer. So, how come it took half the time? Says the Midrash, Bebin Ela Kach Amru, Bebinyan Beto Nit Atzel. When it came to his own house, he was a Nit Atzel. Doesn't mean he was lazy, but it took his time. He says, Bebinyan Beta Migdash, Hayaz Zariz. But when it came to the building of the Beit HaMikdash, he was zealous and not lazy at all. That's the person who the Pasuk is referring to. If you see a man like Shlomo HaMelech, who when it came to the Melacha of the Beit HaMikdash, he was mahir, he was quick, 
He says, What does that mean? Says, says the Midrash, he will become part of the Malche Torah. He will become one of the kings of Torah. And he will not and he will not stand with darkness. Who is darkness? Elu Habura Shil Reshaim. There was, there's a group of wicked people. Meaning, Hazal tell us that there were three kings that did not have a helik le'olam haba. And Shalomo Amelech was not from those three kings. He was not counted from the kings we had in our history, kings that were disasters. And ended up in a very bad place, says the Midrash. But Shlomo Melech was not counted. Those those kings are called Hashukim. They are called the dark ones. He did not stand. He was not counted in the group of the terrible kings of Am Yisrael. The opposite. He was counted from the Malchei Torah. From the kings of Torah. And says the Midrash, Velo od. Not only was he considered a Gadol but Torah and did not count with those dark kings, Shisharta alav ruach hakodesh. He had ruach hakodesh and he amar gimal svarim alalu. And he wrote these three books, Mishle, Shira, Shirim, and Kohelet. So the, basically, what the Midrash is saying is very interesting that if you look at Shlomo HaMelech and his great accomplishments which are that he was a Gadol Bat Torah he was able to stand with the Malchei Torah he was a Gadol Bat Torah and he was saved from being counted with the terrible kings of our history Right, and he was zocher to write these three treasures of Mishle, Shira Shirim, and Kohelet. These are some great accomplishments. Says the Midrash that the zechut of Shlomo Amelech is that he was a mahir b'melachto. It's an amazing thing. That means the great accomplishments of Shlomo Melech, and what saved him from the bottom of the barrel all together is that he was a man who showed a zerizut to serve Hashem. How do we find that he showed this zerizut? How do we find that he showed where do we see his zerizut in serving Hashem? Most interesting example. The Zerizut is that we, there's a comparison. It wasn't so much that he built the Bet HaMikdash quickly. That's the Midrash is stressing something else. The Midrash is saying, look at the way he built the Bet HaMikdash and look at the way he built his house. 
his house, which is not as large, not as nice, took him 13 years. The Beit HaMikdash was larger, nicer, took more work, seven years. Which means that Shilamoa Melech, when you're reading the words of Mishle for the rest of your life, and you're reading the words of Shira Shirim and Kohelet, every time you read the words of Shilamoa and you enjoy his wisdom, how much wisdom Shilamoa Melech gave to Am Yisrael, how many millions and millions and millions of Jews have benefited from Shilamoa Melech, every book of Musar has in it from Mishle, from Kohelet, from Shira Shirim. Probably a class of Musar with us doesn't go by where we don't allude to something that Shilamo HaMelech said. All that wisdom. Imagine every time you open the book, Shilamo HaMelech said, what this Midrash is telling you is that the reason why Shilamo HaMelech was able to reach that great accomplishment in his life was because of what he showed on display in the way he built his house and he built the Beit HaMikdash. The fact that he was zealous in the building of the Beit HaMikdash was a beautiful thing. But that wasn't enough to earn everything we just said. It was the fact that when it came to his house, he wasn't as zealous. Interesting. Meaning, if it took him seven years to build the Beit HaMikdash and seven years to build his house, that's not what we're talking about. Because a person could be, by nature, a zealous person. He gets nervous. He likes to get things done. He wants it to get done the day before yesterday. So everything he does, he does with fire. That's the Midrash is not saying that that person is able to reach the accomplishments, the accomplishments of Shlomo Melech. But what was it? That when it came to his house, you have to compare your spiritual zealousness to your physical zealousness. You have to look how you compare your excitement for physical things and for spiritual things. Every, every, every single one of us has to build a Mikdash. We all have to build a Mikdash. We are all building a Mikdash. When we go and we do mitzvot and we learn Torah and we pray and we get closer to Hashem, the purpose of the Mikdash is that we should have Hashem's presence in our lives. So all of us right now, what are we doing right now? We're building the Mikdash. By coming and learning Torah, we are building the Mishkan that Hashem resides in us. So are we going to succeed in our Mikdash like Shilamo Amelech? Well, says the Midrash, here is the test. The test is when you're involved in a spiritual endeavor, do you give the same zealousness as a, as a physical endeavor? That would be nice. But the greatness of a person is when he shows greater honor to spiritual accomplishments than physical accomplishments. This, was, this is 
Hazita ish mahir bimlachto. A person needs to show a greater fire for his spiritual accomplishments than his physical accomplishments. A person is building something in his life that is eternal, it needs to take on a greater energy than if he's building a physical world. Every day, a person goes out and goes to work, takes care of his physical well-being, and one should. But when it comes to spiritual, a person has to show more excitement and more energy. This is Hazita Ish Mahir Bim Lachto. It was this zechut of zerizut that when you have something to do in life that's real and meaningful, A, do it quickly, and B, do it the best way. Any mitzvah that a person does, whether it's tefillah, whether it's learning, when you come to learn, put in your maximum effort. It would not be appropriate that we see a person in his office giving all he has to his business, but when it comes to learning, he's not giving all that he has. It would not be appropriate that a person goes to talk and meets with a buyer or with a business partner and gives everything that he has into that meeting, and when he comes to meet with Hashem during tefillah, he's not giving that the respect. A person spends his money on physical things, and goes all out. When it comes to his own car, his own house, to his own possessions, his vacation, he goes all out. But when it comes to buying things for a mitzvah, when it comes to charity, not all out. There are people who spend all kinds of money on a wedding, all kinds of money on a bar mitzvah, all kinds of money on a vacation, but when it comes to their tzedakah, they become very, very careful in how they spend their money. A person, I, I, I once heard that a person made a very, very expensive wedding in Israel. I don't know where the person's from, maybe from America. Very, very expensive, very elaborate wedding. And uh, it, was, it was not a... a it was, it was probably Tzanu at the wedding. It wasn't, but just very, very elaborate, very expensive. So he got a phone call the next day from a great person in Israel, a gadol in Israel, who maybe was at the wedding, I don't know. And he told him, if you don't give right now the same amount of money you spent on your wedding to build the yeshiva, then what you did is a Hilul Hashem. That's right. It's a Hilul Hashem. No, he didn't tell him. He didn't tell him which yeshiva. He didn't tell him. He wasn't going to have yeshiva. was it for his yeshiva. But that's, I repeat to you, if you don't spend right now, you spent a million dollars on that wedding, if you don't give a million dollars right now to build a needed place, a yeshiva, a place for ani, whatever it is, if you don't spend that money, it's a Hilul Hashem. Of course it's a Hilul Hashem. You have, here you are, going all out for a six-hour party that you're making, right? And now, right, you're, you're investing in flowers that are going to die 
You're investing in food that's going to expire. The night is few hours. And here you have an eternal investment. And you're thinking, should I give? Look at my maser. Is it 10%? Is it 9.8%? 11%? A person needs to keep in mind, if you're spending on yourself, you have to make sure you're spending the same way and with the same energy and with the same open heart as you do on tzedakah. That's called hazita ish mahir bimlachto. A person, when it comes to spiritual accomplishments, needs to give his all. He should know that zerizut is not just something extra. Let me explain to you that zerizut is more than a hidur more than beautifying. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. It says, by Abraham Avinu, when Hashem told him to sacrifice his son, he told him to go, right? He didn't tell him what time. He didn't tell him uh, what day. He commanded him, go kill your son. Pasuk says, Vayashkem Abraham Baboker. He woke up as early as possible to go and kill his son. Now, in general, when you go do a mitzvah and you do it early in the morning, so it, it, it makes sense. The earlier you do it, the nicer it is. By a brit milah, we do the mitzvah early. People who do the mitzvah later in the day are not doing a good thing. The best way to do the mitzvah is the earliest time in the day. The morning time is the best time to do a Brit Milah. We learned that from Abraham Avinu. So every time you hear Zerizut in a mitzvah, it makes sense to you. Because the faster you do something for your father, the more it shows that you love your father. If you delay, so then there's a certain lacking in your mitzvah. However, by the Akedah, seems to be not an appropriate place to do it early. Because what are you doing? You're killing somebody. Which means, Yitzhak Avinu, let's say he lived an extra week. If, Avra, if Yitzhak lived an extra week, if Abraham wasn't so zealous, and he let his son live a week, lived a month, Yitzhak would be able to do so many mitzvot. Yitzhak Avinu was a great man. He was accomplishing all day long. So if you let him live an extra day, you're letting the man do an extra day full of mitzvot. What are you being zealous on making a hidur mitzvah? You're making the mitzvah nicer. But in the meantime, you're taking away a day, a week full of accomplishments. We have the same question by Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, when Hashem told him that he should go, time for him to die, he was zealous. He went and did what he had to do as quickly as possible so he would fulfill Hashem's commandment as early as possible. Question on Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe, this is not a time to be zealous because in the time that you're zealous and you're trying to make the mitzvah more beautiful, you're missing out how many mitzvot could Moshe Rabbeinu do in one day. How much Torah can Moshe Rabbeinu learn and teach in one day? Talmud Torah keneged kulam. Imagine a guy 
spends all the time getting the most beautiful etrog, and he missed out on every other mitzvah. We say, Moshe Rabbeinu, that's silly. You made the mitzvah of dying in a beautiful way. Very nice. He made a hidur mitzvah. He made the mitzvah more beautiful. But in the meantime, you missed out. You could have a whole day of mitzvot that now you gave up. Do we give up a whole day of mitzvot to make one mitzvah more beautiful? Question. Must be that he that when you do something quickly, it's not just that it makes the mitzvah beautiful. It makes the mitzvah more complete and it makes you a complete person, which means it's part of the human greatness is that when they have something to do, something important to do, they do it as quickly as they can. When the Midrash brings Shalomo HaMelech and the way he built the Mikdash and the way he built his house, it's not referring merely to a one-time incident that Shalomo HaMelech did in his life. It's telling you the essence of Shalomo HaMelech. You know why Shalomo HaMelech was a person who became a gadol and did not fall and became a person who wrote all this wisdom, all these books. You know why? Because he was the type of person who was complete. In what shape, in what way does he show his shlemut? That when he had a mitzvah to do, he did it in the best way possible. Because if you do a mitzvah and you delay, then you yourself are not a complete person. Abraham Avinu being the complete person that he is, part of being a complete person is that you do things in the finest way, in the earliest way. That is why Abraham could not delay. Because Abraham delaying is a lack of shlemut. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu could not delay. Because Moshe Rabbeinu delaying is a knock on Moshe Rabbeinu. If you are a great person, you do things as quickly as you can, as best as you can. That's why, where do we learn in the Torah that it's hinted? Where in the Torah is it hinted that a person should not delay a mitzvah? The most interesting place where the Torah hints to this principle. It says, Ushmartem et hamatzot. Ushmartem et hamatzot is simply talking about the halacha that when you make matzot for Pesach, make sure ushmartem, make sure you watch it. Because anything that goes wrong with that matzah becomes hamet. Ushmartem et hamatzot. That's what we have matzah shemura. Matzah shemura is matzah, matzah that was watched. They watch it from the time they cut the wheat. They're watching it to make sure that no water and moisture comes on the wheat all the way till they bake it in the oven and it comes out matzah. Ushmartem et matzot. Make sure you watch it. Make sure you're careful. Hazal say that the word matzot can also be read as mitzvot. Ushmartem et mitzvot. You should watch your mitzvot when you have an opportunity for a mitzvah, whether it's a mitzvah that you do every day, like tefillah, like Torah, 
or if it's tzedakah, or you're able to help somebody, any mitzvah that you have, ushmartem et ha-mitzvot. Watch the mitzvot. Watching the matzot, I understand. If you don't watch the matzah, you let it sit. It becomes hamet. But what does it mean to watch the mitzvot? So Hazal say, mitzvah haba'a le'yatcha. You have a mitzvah that comes to you. Al tahmitzena. Don't delay it. But what a, what a way to say delay it. They don't say don't delay it. Let's say al te'akev. Al tahmitzena. Don't let it become hametz. What kind of language is that? A mitzvah comes to you. We only have, we only have matzot on Pesach. What do you mean? A mitzvah comes to me. Al tahmitzena. Don't make it hametz. Couldn't they, didn't they have a better way to express don't delay? Why does it say al tahmitzena? What are they trying to tell you when they're learning that you shouldn't delay from matzah? Why are they using, why is that the source? Why? What happened? What's the difference between hametz and matzah and Pesach? Can you tell me? What's the difference? Matzah is a mitzvah from the Torah. Hametz is karet. So oh, the guy delays, he delays an extra few seconds, extra few minutes. It's the difference from fulfilling a mitzvah on Pesach, or the guy's getting karet, the worst punishment. He's getting karet. Hametz on Pesach is karet. Matzah is a mitzvah. Ushmartem et hamatzot. Be careful. Watch your matzah. If you're not careful, it becomes hamet, it becomes karet. Hazal say, oh, that's the source for mitzvah too. Because we think if you delay in your mitzvah, if you don't do it the best way, the quickest way, if you take your time when you have an opportunity to do something great, someone gave you a great opportunity, they tell you, come on, come join the shiur. You say, okay, let me see. Let me work. Let me work on it. Let me think about it. They invite you to go and get involved in some important tzedakah, and you say, "You know what? Let me see. Let me think about it." If you delay, well, you know what's going to happen? You might think, "Okay, so I delayed, but then in the end, I did it." But I delayed. By the way, if you delay, very often you don't do it. But even if in the end you did it, even if in the end you did it. In the end, you bake the dough. You just delayed, but it's hametz. What they're telling you is that when it comes to zerizut, if you delay a mitzvah, it is a blemish in the mitzvah. We think that zealous is something more beautiful. Zealous is a way to protect that you may not do it if you don't do it right away. And that's true. But we're seeing here something much greater. We're seeing that if you delay a mitzvah, there is a blemish in that mitzvah. Mitzvah haba'a le'yadcha al tahmitzena. 
Meaning, you may then do it later. But then it's hamet. A person of shlemut, great people, who will get great results in their life. Like Shilomu HaMelech, could you imagine? The Midrash basically sums up Shilomu HaMelech's life in one pasuk. This man, he learned for days and days and years. He did so much. He, he put so much effort. Look how much we do to raise ourselves. Shlomo Amir did a lot more than us. And all of his lifetime and all of his great achievements, it puts it all in one pasuk. Obviously, he did a lot of learning to be able to write what he wrote. Obviously, he did a lot of great things. But what they're telling you, it all came from one characteristic. This characteristic, look look at the Midrash. Because of this characteristic, he became Lifne Melachimit Yatzah. He became one of the greatest people in history. And because of this characteristic, he didn't fall into the garbage, into the low darkness of the dark people. When you read that Pasuk, you say, what? The difference between being a Gadol, between being a great person, and between being with dark people, I mean, that's a very big stretch there, right? You say the guy is a great person and he's not just a regular person. But you say the guy is a great person and he's not the worst Rasha. That, isn't that very distant? Isn't that very far? This is exactly Hametz. Isn't the difference between Matzah and Hametz very small? The difference... One is a mitzvah de oraita, and one is karet. Says the Midrash, Shalomo HaMelech, with all of his talent, with all of his greatness, could have been from those kings who went down in history that they have no helek le'olam His talent, his, his wealth, his power, his ability, Hashem gives People, tremendous opportunity. Shlomo got from the greatest opportunities of a human being. Hashem gave him a melech. He was a king. He was powerful. He was wealthy. He had all of the tools. You know what he could have done with those? You know what other kings did with those kinds of tools? You know what happens when you become very powerful and very wealthy and you have all these opportunities? You become a big rasha. You become arrogant. You become a person who spends his life looking for more kavod from people. That's what happened. So many great people who were given all the tools of Shlomo HaMelech. They were given the power. They were given the money. They were given everything. They lost Helek because of all the gifts that God gave them. So when you're a person who has gifts like Shlomo HaMelech, you have one avenue or the other avenue. Either you become Matzah or you become Hametz. And says the Midrash, you want to know how Shalomo Melech ended up being a Gadol Torah and not ended up in the law of Am Yisrael's history? You want to know how? So we would say, okay, yeah, I know how. He did a lot of mitzvot. He prayed every day. He learned Torah. He was a... No, no, no. That's true. 
But says the Midrash, there was one Midah that made the difference. Could you imagine? Could you imagine I look at your life and I say, you know, in your life, there was one thing that made the difference. You would look at your life and my life and say, what do you mean? I do a lot of things. I do this. I do that. I don't do this. I do. And comes the Midrash with an x-ray vision. Unbelievable. And takes a great person's life and narrows it down with one item. Did the dividing line of the great Shalomo or the Rasha Shalomo, if you could say those words, the dividing line is Ish Mahir Bimlachtof. Is that when he built the Bet Migdash, look at the way he put in the effort. And when he came to his house, he was he was not putting so much effort. That again was not a one-time thing. That was who the man was. He was a man that when anything important was going on in his life, he did it as quickly as he could. When it came to physical things, he didn't have to be as quick. This defined him. It defines the great person. I can't, every time I think about it and I say it, I realize how huge this is. All spiritual achievements. Like the Rambam writes, the Rambam writes in Lusot Talmud Torah. If a person says, you know, I'm not ready now for spiritual achievement. You know, like learning, uh, praying in the morning with a minyan. Uh, I'm not ready now to be about zakah. He says, let me first put in all my effort to gather and amass my wealth. And then when I have all the money that I need, I'm going to be able to do it. Says the Rambam, if that's your attitude, you'll never learn. You'll never, what, why, how come? Because it shows already that your priorities are not in the right place. A person needs to focus at least, at least I say, at least they shouldn't be, it should be much more on the spiritual but at least it shouldn't be less. It shouldn't be that a person works harder in his office than he does in the Bet Midrash. It shouldn't be that he spends more money on waste than he does on the right stakot and giving money. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be less. It shouldn't be that. Back to the question we asked about Abraham and Moshe. And we said, listen, guys, why are you doing this mitzvah early, right? You could have some more time. You could do more mitzvah. The answer is that when a person delays a mitzvah, it's a different type of person and a different type of mitzvah. It's al-tahmitzena. The akedah delayed is not the akedah, not, so, not as great. No, there is a blemish in the akedah. When it's delayed. When Moshe Rabbeinu goes to die and he delays, it's a blemish in the mitzvah. It's more than, oh, I didn't do it the nicer way. There is a blemish in the person. A person who is shalem, a person who is complete, is a person who acts immediately and in the finest way when it comes to the mitzvah. You see by great people, always, like you said, very good. You see Abraham Avinu, he's running after his guests. 
Abraham Avinu was rushing to get the food ready. A person who is a great person must have this midah. That's why David Melech says, Hashti velo hitmahmati laasot mishpetesit kecha. Says David Melech, when I do mitzvot, Hashti. Hashti means I go and I do it as quickly as I can, the best that I can. I do not delay. They ask if he is hashti, if he is doing it quickly. Of course, Lord, of course he's not delaying. Hashti means I rush, I do it quick. Why do you have to say and I do not delay? So some explain that sometimes a person rushes because he delayed, which means since he delayed, he didn't do it as quickly as he could. Now time is... Time is uh, expiring, so now he has to go and rush to do it. He waited last minute to do the mitzvah, so now he waited uh, for the Brim Milah to do it by sundown. Now it's three minutes before. He tells them, oh, rush, rush, let's do the mitzvah, it's cooking, it's possible. That's also hashti, but it's a hashti that came after a delay. Hashti veloit mamat. Hashti means I did it quickly and I did not, I did not, delay at all. This is the sign of a great person. So, and again, one more time. Anytime you see, anytime you see the words of Shlomo Melech, anytime you hear about his great wisdom, every time you learn something from him, remember the zechut of Shlomo Melech in his greatness in his life. And that's what the Midrash says. How did he achieve? How did he write these three books? How did he have that chokmah? Where did he get it from? Oh, says the Midrash, Hazita Ishmahir Bimlachto, because look at the way he was rushing to do mitzvot. I will just give you one last thing and we will go. The Midrash says an example of this. It'll take two minutes, but I just put it also to light. The Midrash says an example of what it means to be Mahir Bimlachto. I'm going to just read you the story, the Midrash, this same Midrash before brings another example of what it means to be Mahir bin Lachto. Are you ready for this? Another story. We once did this a long time ago, but I'm going to read it to you inside. You ready? The Midrash says about Rabbi Hanina. Amru. Rabbi Hanina one time was in a city, in his city. Pa'amahat ra'a he saw and she'iro, he saw the men of his city. Ma'alim olotu shlamim. They were going to the Beta Migdash and they're bringing all different types of korbanot to the Beta Migdash. Amar, he says, Kulam ma'alim shlamim lirushalayim. They're all bringing korbanot to Yerushalayim. Va'ani. And me, any ma'alek lum, I'm not going to bring anything. Obviously, he had no money. He couldn't afford even a, a behemah. He couldn't afford even a bird. He couldn't afford even... You could know you could bring to the Beta Mikdash seemingly flour. Bring something cheap. He couldn't bring anything. He says, I'm, I can't I can bring a korban. Let's imagine how poor this man was. So, so what, now what would most people do in that situation? If, if you see everybody giving tzedakah and you can't give tzedakah, you see people doing things and you can't do it. 
Okay, say you say. Anus rahamana patre. What should I do? I if Hashem gives me, I'll do it. I don't have. Oh, some people might even feel good. They may say, "Listen, I'm uh, I'm I'm exempt. I, I I don't have. I don't have." Oh, says Rabbi Hanina. What does he do? Ma'ei I say. That's a great word, by the way. Ma'ei I say. So what should I do? What should you do? What, what, what kind of what, what? The question doesn't even start. What do you mean, ma'ei I say? You just said. You don't have anything to give. But the very fact that you asked, Ma'e already shows what kind of person you are. So what can I do? Meaning, the first reaction when you're unable to do something and it's important to do it, you say, Ma'e but what can I do? Okay, you know what? I can't give a million dollar check. But what can I do? Maybe I can do something else. May I say? Oh, what do you do? It says, Miyad Yatsa. Miyad. Look at that word. Miyad. See Miyad? Right away. Right away. Again, the guy has no money, no korbanot. Everyone, everyone is going to the Betamidah. The whole city is going. He's the only guy there. He's a hazib. What does he do? Miyad Yatsa le midbara shel iro. He went to the midbar of his city. He went to the desert. He found a hurba. Umatsa sham. Even Ahad, he saw one stone. He liked the stones. Ah, this is a good stone. I think they would appreciate it. In the Beta Migdash, it's a huge stone. Yatsa, he went. Basically, he made it beautiful. He made the stone with his own. He didn't even hit it. The stone, he didn't need money for. Cleaning it, he didn't need money for. He went and he worked on the stone. He made it beautiful. Amar, he says, Okay, I'm going to take the stone to Yerushalayim. Now, he can't, how is he carrying the stone to Yerushalayim? It's impossible. You ever see the stones in Yerushalayim? So those big stones. You ever wonder how they got there? So he says, let me go, let me, let me go and take it to Yerushalayim. But he, he can't take it. So what happens? He tries to hire people to do it. Now remember, he has no money. So here he is trying to hire, imagine trying to hire people to move the stone and you have no money. So, but but that doesn't stop him. He's still doing whatever he can. He says, would you take the stone for me to Yerushalayim? Amrulo, yes. Give us a hundred gold coins. Just imagine how heavy the item was. A hundred gold coins. We'll take this stone to Yerushalayim. He said to them, I don't have 50, I don't have nothing. So, okay. So, what, why, why, is, why did he begin? Answer is, answer is, even though you don't have, you try. Who knows? They went. At that point, Hashem sends him five angels that look like people. Amrulu, Amrulu, Rabbi. Ten lanu hamisha selaim. Give us five selaim, not much. And we'll take it for you. But on one condition. Could you just try to put your hand with us? 
Venatan Yadoimahem. He put his hand with them. They told him, put your hand. Carry with us. All of a sudden, he finds himself, he's already in Jerusalem. He wanted to give him the five Selaim. He couldn't find them anymore. They came to the Sanhedrin. So what is this? Where, where are the people? I got to pay them. Angels helped you. Well, what's the story? What's going on with the story? What's going on with the story is a very beautiful, powerful mashal. What, what it's telling you is that a person who is mahir bimlachto not only does things quickly, but does whatever he can with everything he can. And if he does it that way, Hashem will help him. If you go and you look for the stone and you do the most that you can and you, put, and you ask for people to do it for you even though you can't afford it and you everything, in the end, Hashem will be there to help you carry you. That's the beauty of Hazir Mahir bim Lachto. And Mahir bim Lachto gets tremendous siyata deshmaya. If you are that kind of person, Hashem will help you. It will help you get things done. But you got to be putting in all your effort and doing things the earliest time you can. And then you will get siyata deshmaya exactly like Shalomu Amir. Shalomu Amir's accomplishments, it came from this midah of being mahir mimlachto. As that Hashem, we should find always the opportunities and act quickly and do the best that we can to receive the highest siyata deshmaya. Have a wonderful day.